Welcome to the Memory Hole Show, where we talk about interesting ideas, promote freedom, and push back against authoritarianism. I'm your host, Brian. Welcome back to the Memory Hole Show. So this week, I have an interesting infogram that I'd like to talk about. It's about global warfare done differently. But before I get into that, Easter weekend is coming up. So whether you're of a Christian denomination or something else, it doesn't really matter. I urge you to spend time with your loved ones. Most people will have an extended weekend, so take advantage. Get off your screens, go for a walk, do something. Call your parents or your children or your friends, whoever you care about. Reach out to real people instead of living through those bloody screens. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, please consider subscribing if you haven't already. Share the show with other people and check out the show notes on memoryholeshow.com. I put the links to the articles and all the videos that I have that I talk about on the show. They're all in the show notes there. And as promised, I said I would give shout outs to people that left suggestions or comments on memoryholeshow.com. I do get a fair bit of spam, so I don't know how long I'll be keeping that feature up. But for now, I'd like to give a shout out to Sonia Flego. Hello to you. And Tommy Fulf. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Thanks for reaching out. And now, on to the show. I spoke in a previous episode about a former Soviet defector named Yuri Bezmenov. He spoke about how to wage a war without bullets or bombs using a technique called ideological subversion. It was a really interesting tactic, but here's the thing. People don't generally like to see bloodshed or mass death. When those two things happen, you will often wake up the sleepy masses. And if you're a tyrant, that's not a good thing. It leads to a greater resistance against your efforts. But if you can overthrow a nation without bloodshed or mass death, all the while keeping the sleepy masses asleep, then you have a chance to overthrow that nation. This all came to mind because I recently saw an infogram that was put out by the Epoch Times called China's Secret War Against America. It's quite an interesting piece to be sure, but I was reminded of the steps in Bezmenov's ideological subversion. But in a typical government fashion with many iterations over time, it appears to be an updated version for the 21st century. Now, as I mentioned, bloodshed is bad for PR, but it's also dangerous when who you're picking a fight with is the current title holder. To be sure, China is right up there in their military capacity and the US will probably be dethroned by China eventually. But in the current state of affairs, an all out hot war would be very costly to both nations. To the point that if they did turn to a hot war and heavily damaged each other, a third party, say like Russia, could sweep in and move up their stake in the global chess match. To avoid accepting a great deal of damage to themselves in a hot war with the US, alternatives like they talk about in the infogram allow for a slower but far less costly takeover. Plus, infrastructure and the economic machine is still generally intact and not bombed to rubble. So. How is this achieved? The first step is called demoralize. In this step, they focus on subtle ways to shape culture and capture minds. According to the article, they influence culture by buying influence in large influence spheres. This would be things like the movie business and sports. The purpose is to ensure that bad things won't be said about China. This is the framing part of the plan. 
Now, I've linked some articles here that talk about the NBA silencing players that criticize China's handling of Hong Kong. So head on over to memoryholeshow.com to have a look at those ones. I've also linked some examples about Hollywood where you'll see that there's some movies that simply won't be made or some topics that simply won't be spoken about. Now, adding to this manipulation of sports and Hollywood, the next step is mimetic warfare. Imagine if you could introduce ideas that favor your values while making Western values look bad. You would need to push this narrative to large groups of people, say, every young person in the Western world. What would be a very effective way to do that? What if that targeted group of people could all have a device that they could stare at all day that spews out these belief-shaping memes? Endless scrolling all day, keeping you mesmerized, sowing doubt about your values and your nation. And to top it all off, this would be an app that is controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. With all of that continuous scrolling, it's only a matter of time before your mind is changed and controlled. What would be a good name for an app that will slowly brainwash you? How about TikTok? Now, to be sure, TikTok isn't the only app where you'll find these subversion themes. Bot farms are also employed on other social media platforms to create this kind of influence. We already know what misinformation and disinformation does to people. It makes them uncertain about anything after a while. It's like having too much information to process or too many options to choose from. It creates an overload that essentially short circuits your mind. And do you know how we can tell that it's working? We are more divided than ever. Instead of being Americans or Canadians or Australians, we are white or black or Hispanic or straight or gay or a woman or a man or even a furry, I guess. But you get the point. Being divided is bad for the citizens and it's good for the government, especially when the government is a foreign one that wants to take over your country. Now, whether our politicians or another country's politicians have control over us, they become our masters and we become the serfs. Does it really matter who's in charge at this point? So if phase one is to plant seeds of doubt and confusion, phase two is about getting their claws into our society in a much more real and physical way. One of these ways is by having overseas governance. Look no further than the Chinese police stations in Canada. See the article linked here on memoryholeshow.com for that information. Now, it's estimated that 50 such stations exist worldwide, but that's just what they know about. Three are within one hour of where I live in the greater Toronto area. Imagine that, police stations in another country. I don't know if Canada has simply been taken over in a very subtle way so that the citizenry simply doesn't know. That would be a hell of a way to suppress an uprising, wouldn't it? Okay, so if that wasn't bad enough, then add some sort of political infiltration. Here's an example from the World Economic Forum. Schwab said in 2017 that his World Economic Forum Young Leaders Program has penetrated governments all around the world. Schwab even claims that at least half of Trudeau's government here in Canada are from his program. Now, that's one way to subvert democracy. I've linked the full video of Schwab saying this so you can hear it right from his mouth. Anyway, so far we have overseas policing and political infiltration, but what about the minds of kids? I know they have TikTok and all that, but why not go right to the source of where they learn? Education. According to the infogram, there are 80 Beijing-funded Confucius Institutes in the U.S. colleges and more than 500 Confucius classrooms in K-12. 
train and brainwash the kids right here in the U.S. Save the travel costs, I guess, and those brainwashed kids will have immediate influence with their peers. So if TikTok doesn't get them, the indoctrination system will. So at this point, I'm not even sure which indoctrination system the kids get would be worse, the woke ideology or the CCPs. They're both bad. Now, lastly, if TikTok or indoctrination at school doesn't get the kids, then get them on drugs. Throughout history, drugs have been used to mess up societies. It's a perfect distraction tool to keep those otherwise curious minds in a dim state. And do you want to guess who is a big source of fentanyl and other opioids? Okay, so that was the destabilized phase. The next phase is the conflict phase. So I mentioned that via social media, division is sowed. In the conflict phase, though, controlled opposition is created. I think the main purpose of this is to give an actual face to the division, to validate it. Politicians have known forever that a divided population allows their power to go unchallenged. But when there are actual events to reinforce the negative ideas we see on social media, it creates a sort of validation that hardens that division. Another element of the conflict phase is proxy war. Now, sadly, we see this going on right now in the conflict between Ukraine and Russia. That is a proxy war. Unfortunately, every country does this. Even China sent troops to North Korea during the Korean War. Russia sent troops, as did the US, to fight them during the many wars after World War II. It seems the big kids don't like to get scratched, so they find a way to fight through other countries. Either way, it's not good. One quick point on another one of the tactics. The infogram mentions guerrilla warfare, in which there are attacks on supply lines and destruction of resources. This reminds me of the COVID era a little bit. Both of those things happened during that time, and it makes me wonder how much more was going on under the veil. Okay, the last phase is intervention. This phase is essentially the cleanup phase. The infogram lists a few ways that they would implement this. Biochemical and poisoning warfare. Imagine how effective an engineered virus would be at injuring or eliminating large parts of society. Less people to resist. Then you have EMP, space warfare, and finally, atomic warfare. What a wholesome list of destruction. Now, I would suspect that they wouldn't want to go too far down the bombing path since that would damage the assets and land that they're trying to take over. Either way, this is quite a sinister list. So given the stages that I just listed, which phase would you say we are in? Do you think we will be able to reverse the trend? I think we can. We just need to wake up the sleeping masses. We need to get off the virtual world of screens and go back to the real and living world. Thanks again for joining me this week. I really hope everybody has a good weekend. If you're doing Easter, then have a good Easter week. And if you're not, like I said at the beginning of the show, just reach out to people you care about. It's what you can do. Anyways, until next week, speak up or you'll get memory hold.
All content from the MemoryHoleShow.com and the Memory Hole Show podcast is for the purpose of entertainment and presented solely as opinion.